Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Alex. And if you're ready to unlock conversations where you can be wholeheartedly yourself, then come on in. Okay, hello. Hello. Right, let's just take a little moment, settle in to this space, to this minute, this second. Just allow the body to rest in this moment, in this situation, allow the nervous system to acclimatize to where it is and detach from where it's been and refrain as much as possible from projecting anywhere into the future where it is not. So take a little moment to focus on what you can feel right now, the edges of the body on the seat, even the air in contact with the skin or clothing. And see if you can hone in on one particular sensation, whether that's the clothing on your wrists or your ankles, the tickle of your hair. Just pick one thing out and settle into that. With the in-breath, Allow your awareness to travel down and back and in. And with the out breath, allow relaxation. Allow the letting go. And take another breath and expand your awareness. If you're feeling ready to open your eyes, Allow them to adjust to the room, to the light. And then we can meet in this screen together. (laughs) Thank you. Hello. That was lovely. You are welcome. I've had a smoothie this morning. I'm on a smoothie kick at the moment. Nice. And this is my second cup of coffee. (laughs) So I'm feeling like a little bit liquid. (laughs) I can can feel the fluidity of my body a little bit right now oh I love that sounds perfect for our conversation to flow (laughs) do you have anything alive for you right now well I was thinking I was wondering what what we would talk about today and I do have I, I do have like some ideas but I'm not necessarily like really attached to any of them so I can start but if you have something that's like that you're excited to talk about then we can start with you today sure I do have something yeah yeah let's do that then because mine mine are not as uh (laughs) concrete sounding as as your voice sounded then (laughs) you sounded certain then (laughs) well I can talk about my smoothies um No, I have something that has been kind of floating around for me this week is, okay, so I spent a lot of the COVID years and before that, but specifically the COVID years, detaching from productivity in in all senses um, and kind of releasing the weight of that expectation understanding who I am as a human without the pressure, the expectation and the never ending conveyor belt that is productivity. Um, And that felt really good. And it feels really good to be free of, um, I guess, just the, the understanding that I think the main thing for me, the thing that I needed to detach from the most was the idea that I had to do certain things in order to be relevant as a human, in order to have any value as a human, that I needed to um, tick all the right boxes. And even if I wasn't in a workforce, like when I left a job to pursue my own stuff, 
Um, and I had, I still had that hangover from a job, you know, I was still pushing myself from within the hours of nine to five. And I was still trying to hit targets and um, achieve certain things. And that really felt damaging because it, it took away all the freedom that self-employment could offer me. And instead Mm -hmm kept me within like work mode all the time so it felt really good to detach from that and now I am feeling that I have I think I feel sluggish Mm. I feel sluggish and I know that this is you know, it's not really very in the moment to talk about how productivity could be a good thing again, because I, there's still so many memes and there's still so much talk online about, you know, like what's that one that I saw? Like you're, we're not made for work. We're made for just, you know, lounging in a forest or in a field or those kinds of things. And I think that's true and very important and that we're not as humans just made to produce all the time. And yet productivity does help us feel good as humans, does make us feel like we are, um, that we are doing something worthwhile. And I am swimming around in the middle of this pool in between what is rest and what is productivity and wondering what is the right way for me what's the right balance for me and I'm not anywhere close to figuring that out yet um but it feels really important for me to recognize that it's not all just about rest that I don't thrive when I'm just in pure rest um absorb absorbing the wonder around me kind of thing that's beautiful when when I need it when it's right when it feels really good um and we need it a lot more than I think you know current society allows us so that's really important for me to say but also just being in that mode not good for me I am a sloth I (laughs) I I have spent too much time resting to the point where now I'm kind of like, I I feel as though I have reduced my capacity for doing anything. And that doesn't feel good to me either. Like it's not like rest at this moment has expanded my capacity to take on more. It feels like I have become, yeah, sloth-like. And so anything, any form of, newness or any form of difficulty or discomfort is really challenging for me right now and it feels like I do need to lean back on that more productive essence you know I think about if you let we spoke I remember years ago us having a conversation about this um after I put a post up on Instagram actually but I think about nature And I think about when it is left to run wild, it doesn't just stop. It produces endlessly. It it is lush and it is wild and it takes over. Um, There, you know, there is a life force within cells that wants to recreate more of itself, that wants to be um, in motion and yeah, so I'm really navigating the the strangeness or the discomfort of what's the right amount of rest and work and produce and not produce for me. Yeah, oh, I love this conversation. And it's no surprise to me because this happens all the time with our conversations that there's this like mirror experience happening. And not only for myself, but this week, the client conversations I've had have been about this as well so it's really? so fascinating to me both of them it yeah that's that's crazy so yeah 
I'd love to just share what I'm learning about this because it'll just be yeah it's nice to talk about it because I'm I like this week I feel like I've had some little breakthrough moments around this so maybe they'll resonate um but it's so yeah so I definitely did the same thing as you of coming out of the workplace and that being like I'm going to be free and it was like a a move towards freedom to be out of the work environment in my own business but the inner is what creates the outer right like we can't just change the outer and expect to be different or feel different and I totally did that I was like if I can change my job then I'll feel differently and um no because I just overlaid my my consciousness my way of being into the business and burnt out and was overproductive and all the rest so totally if if we're yeah if we're trying to leave something to experience something new but not changing on the inside like never gonna work right um so what I've realized for me this is about the masculine and the feminine and I feel kind of cringe in saying that because I feel like this topic's been overdone like over talked about but there's so much value in it for me. Um, and maybe maybe it's not masculine and feminine for other people. Maybe it's something different, but it makes sense to me to talk about it in that way. Because I feel like this resting that you've been doing and that I've been doing, it has been a return to the sacred feminine, away from the toxic feminine of like neuroticism and overthinking and um, trying to push through and all of that. Like it's been a return to that, more rested healthy feminine Mm. but there's no balance unless we're able to then flow into the masculine and I've batted up against that recently with the sort of like stepping back into business after taking such a long break and like languishing in the feminine and what I've seen is that every time I transition from the feminine into the masculine I've, I've sort of downloaded and received all these ideas this wisdom this creativity this like um vision from the feminine when I transition into the masculine to try and bring it into action I used to drop headfirst into toxic patriarchal masculinity and then what would happen is I would like push 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 do things that didn't feel that good try and bring it all together really too quickly be overproductive and then burn out and be like oh it's not that like th- this isn't exciting to me this isn't fun to me and I would then like draw back yeah. and actually it wasn't that those ideas had lost their excitement for me it was just that I hadn't gone about bringing them to life in a way that felt good mm. so what it is for me is learning about healthy expression of the masculine and I don't think we've got I certainly haven't got a lot of good role models for that there doesn't seem to be a lot of examples of that archetype so it kind of feels to me like being a bit sort of out at sea and being like nothing to really grasp on so I'm having to like like create it from within Mm -hmm. um which is going to be the best way right (laughs) absolutely yeah and for me it's looking like knowing when to flow back into the feminine because my problem has been trying to stay in that productive space for too long and actually not going back into the feminine and like re-resourcing and I had it this weekend where I was like oh it's the weekend that means you know transition back into the feminine we talked about this in our coaching call didn't we like how to how to seamlessly transition back um and so this weekend I kept getting these thoughts that were coming from the masculine part of me business related and I had to be like no no we're not in that phase I've transitioned back into the feminine (laughs) and uh it's bringing a lot of interesting stuff for me just to see how I flow between the two and I think this can is the only way I can have sustainability in my work is to flow back and forth and do like a little bit of action yeah and then come back and, and regroup and gather new ideas and soften again yeah. um I think before I used to think like right let me soften let me receive the ideas and then let me just go full pelt 
to bring it all to life and that I would never have to flow back yeah like um, that that flowy state was was only for that the getting of the idea which happens yeah. like when you're in your business maybe twice a year you have something well as long as you're kind of doing it sustainably and ethically and uh, with a <laughs> sort of long-term goal in mind rather than launching something every three seconds but um yeah, yeah it was then it's probably it's realistically only going to be a short amount of time in your overall business life that you get ah oh, a new idea a new thing yeah new fresh inspiration a whole new vibe like it's yeah I was only spending that short time in there and actually um I think for me and that's probably different for everyone I think my natural flow is probably like half a week like three, four days in the feminine and then three, four days in action. And then I have to flow back because I can't stay in either one for longer than that. Because if I stay in the masculine action too long, I'm um, burnt out and stressed and not enjoying it and feeling like this isn't what I want. I'm just going to go and get a job. And <laughs> when I stay in the feminine too long, even if they're both healthy expressions of each, if I stay in the feminine too long, um, I start to feel like these ideas are not exciting anymore. Like the moment has passed to bring this idea to life. It's stale now. And then, like you said, it becomes like lethargic and uninspired um, and kind of self-critical for me. So I see the pitfalls of both. And then when you can bring them to get like, I, I'm not quite got this yet, but I can feel and sense how beautiful it could be to flow between the healthy um, extremes of each and like how they could work together. And I mean, that's really creation, isn't it? Like the two, two halves coming together to make a whole. So it's fun for me to be looking at it through this lens. And yeah. for me, it's bringing like new interest into that concept of masculine and feminine um, that does feel a bit over talked about, so. Yeah, yeah, I can. I get that cringe I do it like it kind of I think mainly from the sort of like feminine business spiritual yeah. person perspective that's sort yeah. of like you know business is all about being in feminine and being in your flow and it like it just seems to me like such a um it to me that is exactly playing into the patriarchal standards of the society we currently have like it's like the clichéist expression of the feminine like dancing around in your underwear like that <laughs> doesn't resonate for me um and it just and i i'm starting to i kind of actually had the a taste of it when you were talking for me I'm wondering whether actually I have to start way less than like three days because that yeah. to me feels like quite a long amount of time. I think my my sort of flow, my change almost happens on an hour by hour basis. Wow, and yeah. It feels a little overwhelming to say that because that feels like a lot of changing about. But actually, so as you know, I have a part-time job. Mm -hmm. So I work... My hours are flexible. Like it's half, it's ten o'clock in the morning right now, or half past ten. So we're, I took some time out of my job to come on this call. But my day typically looks like the hours of nine till two are in like production kind of, um, definitely, and it's a masculine orientated industry. So it's an unhealthy masculine <laughs> industry. So I, I typically I'm in that mode from nine till two. And then what tends to happen is I have the afternoons to work on something of my own, or I have a coaching call or something like that. And I go like way into the feminine. And I basically just like, oh, time for myself. How luxurious. And I, what ends up happening is I just bask in that for too long mm. and because it feels like such a, a nourishment after that morning, it feels like, oh, I, I need this. And then I never, I find it very difficult to shift out of that 
and I end up just being in total sloth mode. Six o'clock will roll around. My partner will come back in through the door and suddenly, you know, I'm in um, partner feminine mode. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's very different. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering just whether there needs to be much more allowance for my own feminine in my part-time job, if that is the case. Like, this is a good example. I've spent mm-hmm. half past eight till 10 o'clock working in the part-time job. And then we go into this, which is much more collaborative, free-flowing, um, and then at half past 11, I'll go back to the job and I know already know the tasks that I have to do at half past 11. I'm not looking forward to it <laughs> at all. <laughs> so um, yeah, and I actually don't think that I give myself credit for the time that I spend in masculine because a strange thing that happens with me, I'm not sure whether anyone else will relate to this if you have a part-time job, but because I so my priorities, my sort of value-based priorities are my business and are, you know, I want to grow my coaching business or I want to work on my writing or, um, you know, I want to do this with you. These, these are things that I enjoy doing and I value doing. Mm -hmm. So my part-time job ends up mentally becoming reduced in my mind. And it's like, I just do that to pay the bills, Mm -hmm. but realistically the majority of my day, majority of my time, is spent doing that job so what happens is I almost compartmentalize it and I don't actually give myself any credit for what I'm doing in those hours they're like imaginary hours they just they (laughs) just happen and I do my job and then I have my actual like time um but what so I I just picture myself in sloth mode all the time because all I see is this like languishing like oh my gosh I must tend to myself um time that I spend outside of that job and I disregard everything else so actually I probably spend a lot more time flowing between the two states than I'm giving myself credit for yeah and that would make total sense right like if you're being more in that productive energy for half the day um you know if we think about balance Mm you're then to be in balance would need to be in the, you know in the less productive more feminine energy for the rest of the day so um but then how do I do it well do I- yeah <laughs> it's, um, oh it's the endless endless challenge of doing a job to pay the bills and wanting to build up your own business it's so much harder than you think it's going to be yeah because you don't have the energy for both you you just yeah. don't yeah I, I I definitely had that when I was when I was working part-time it it is a challenge for sure and I mean it's a challenge isn't it but then the alternative is to be in scarcity and that is not productive either at all been in both and I can say having the job was (laughs) better than not (laughs) um you know so I do get that but I I wonder if it's what you said right of like flowing more quickly in and out like for you if it's on an hourly basis like you know maybe in the afternoon it's like okay well let me spend an hour like in the kind of more of a considered or conscious feminine like really taking it to the extreme so that you get the nourishment in an hour that maybe before you were getting in three or something I don't know yeah yeah that makes sense yeah and I think that's important to for me to be aware of as well is like just to notice when I am letting myself languish a little bit and letting myself be in sloth mode a little bit too much. Um, <laughs> and actually it's, it's not nourishing, is it? As I said at the beginning. It doesn't feel good. No, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't. Um, Neither extreme feels good if you stay in it for too long. And I know we've talked about human design a couple of times now in these calls, but just a little side note, this is what the projector conditioning did to me. Yeah. It made me go like... It, it gave me a validity to inaction. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think there's a difference between nourishment and using nourishment as an excuse to, do, to not do things that you're scared of doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
exactly which it can be and I think that that sort of projector conditioning around capacity is mm. is a really really tricky one because yeah. I can feel that as I said I can feel that I've reduced my own capacity like I can do more yeah, I can, yeah. 100% and they're like actually um allowing myself to feel that and to be aware of that is nice like that feels good it feels good to be like no Alex come on you can do more and you can do more in a good way in a right way in in an ethical way in a sustainable way and um and it not be something that's gonna knock you out but you have to accept the fact that you have um that something has told you that you can't do as much yeah. I've told myself because something has told me maybe the uh, spiritual business space, maybe the human design space, whatever it is, something has told me that your capacity is lower. And I feel like I'm rejecting that idea now. Yes. Woo-hoo! Me too. <laughs> I love it. And this actually, um, do you have anything else that feels important to say on this? Because I'm about to transition into a different topic. I, I feel it too. There's the moment. Transition away. <laughs> okay, cool. So this actually kind of links to one of the things that was floating around for me that I was maybe going to talk about in this call, which is which is food. Because I changed my diet quite drastically in the last two or three months. Um, and... I have so much more energy like and I I think that one of the dangerous things about that whole um approach world uh, of like rest 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 um it kind of made me feel like it was normal to be so tired yes yes and I'm now seeing the the real danger in that because through changing my diet and seeing, uh, oh, I have so much more energy. I feel so much more alive. My brain fog is gone. I don't have this sort of low level depression, anxiety that I was experiencing before. Um, I was ignoring all of, I was ignoring like any kind of physical reason for that. And that's really scary to me that I was just like, okay yeah this is just normal like it normalized it and I that's wild to me you know that's scary for me to realize that was happening because I'm like oh I'm so tired because I'm a projector I'm so tired because I'm highly sensitive I'm so tired because I'm an empath no I'm so tired because I'm having a shit fucking diet (laughs) I'm not eating enough I'm not eating the right foods like just crazy and that shift happened because I got to the point where I got really sick of the thought that I needed to lose weight yeah like uh, we've talked about this privately but like the 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 idea the thought of I need to lose weight I'm too fat I'm too big I wish I was smaller like any variation of that thought I was just like I'm sick of this thought I'm sick of this thought being here and I don't want it anymore and so I decided just to this is quite rare for me to approach a situation like this but for some reason it just made sense at the time I just thought any time I notice that thought come into my head I'm just going to be like no that's not true like you don't get a space here yeah and it was really powerful for me because I started to feel like oh okay maybe it actually isn't true (laughs) you know what felt just like a core truth that I was denying started to lose a bit of its power Mm. and that opened up a space for like some new information to come in and uh you know prioritizing like minerals and um my metabolism and hormones and all of those sort of inner functioning things that my body needs and that was a totally new a totally new approach for me before it was all about what diet can I have to lose weight and then it became about how does my body how does my body work like how does this thing um move through the world every day and how can it do it at its highest 
possible expression and it's just been really cool for me to see that and to see um like I went on a Hindu a couple of about three weeks ago now and had the best time and no offense to anyone's Hindus that I went to prior to this date (laughs) if any of those people see this (laughs) but I used to hate going on Hindus hated it because I would be so tired I didn't want to like I didn't want to drink I didn't want to stay up late I didn't want to be busy I didn't want to be around that much energy and this time with a change in diet I'm always going to be the type of person who finds being around 15 women excitable women a bit much for three or four days I'm always going to be that person who's a little bit quieter who sort of Mm. observes rather than is in the thick of it but I had a great time I had an amazing time. It was so much fun. And I had the energy to really enjoy it. And that's the first time that I felt like that, about an event like that. Wild to me. How amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and before I would have been, I would have made all those excuses of like why it wasn't my thing. I would have, you know, I would have been like, to be honest, really um judgmental Mm. and I would have made it about other people I would have been like you know it's just not my group of it's just my type of women to be around you know I I, it's just not the type of um you know I don't really like to get drunk so it's you know I would have like made excuses yeah for why I couldn't have a good time yeah and I just like wow (laughs) you gotta be so willing to to look at yourself through a clear lens I think to do this but um so worth it because I got invited to another Hindu next August it's a three-day tribute festival which uh in like five hours away and the previous version of me six months ago would have been like hell no I'm not going to that (laughs) like she would have been so drained by the idea of that yeah and I nearly, like, I nearly went into that pattern. I was nearly like, oh, I can't really afford it. And I really started making excuses as to why I couldn't go. Yeah. And then I was like, hold on, no, no, no I'll probably have a great time. <laughs> like, so I'm going. And I said yes. And I'll update you next year. But <laughs> I mean, how oh, it makes me angry, the things this advice takes from us yeah yeah like the experiences and the the nourishment of relationships or you know anything like that like makes us um isolated Mm -hmm. and yeah yeah it's upsetting it really is because I have you know the one that I got invited to next year is is a school friend who um you know after university she moved away out of the area and we've kind of drifted and I only see her a couple of times a year and we don't really talk that much in between um I grew up with her like what and I'm not going to go to her Hindu because of this crap like no I want to go and I've really drifted apart from that that group of friends and I think you know I think some of that is like natural we we have very different lives a lot of them are married with children and have a really different um lifestyle than I do so you know you you lose those sort of common ground things that sustain friendships but um it's drifted perhaps more than it could have done and that's that's on me because I've gone down this path of being like separate 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 let me protect myself by separating myself and let me make up stories in my head about why that is about all these people are not conscious or these you know or disagree with them on like core life values um not true I have a great time with them I know I could now that I have the energy now that I'm not blinded by that stuff so this feels kind of like edgy to talk about because like food and female friendships like two of the most kind of like things where I'm like oh but I think it's important yeah yeah and I welcome yeah you bringing that especially if it feels like an edge for you um 
and because it is important and it is like the way that life is set up now it's fucking lonely enough already like it's lonely enough without being swept along by let's face it of like on the line of a culty way of living like <laughs> this sort of spiritual business expression like it's crazy to me that what in th- how I got into it was business advice that I started yeah. my own um that I left a job I wanted to I've always wanted to work for myself always wanted to work for myself so it was like a a dream to f- discover this online Instagram community that yeah. was full of advice and powerful women who were you know doing all of this stuff that I wanted to do and there were Facebook groups and there were communities and there was all of these people who had each other's backs as they were doing it mm. and so that felt really inspiring to me and then what happens is that you just become more and more entrenched in a particular way of yeah. viewing the world and you know I mean it's just talked about by people who are much more intelligent and much more knowledgeable than I am but you know the the sort of algorithms of Instagram you know people yeah. talk about social media being a neutral tool and it's how we use it that's important and I just don't mm-hmm. think that's the case no 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 it's it's built it's not it can't be a neutral tool if it's built to bring mm-hmm. people together along the same views and yeah. intentionally guiding you through an algorithm that takes you closer and closer and really um what's the opposite of dilutes you know like intensifies that will do intensifies those views that you hold and that um you know we've mentioned briefly on our last call I think about human design advice saying about sleeping in different beds from your partner and how is a projector that's going to make you feel better oh it hurts my heart like you you're not sleeping with a different person in your bed like (laughs) oh my god it hurts my heart it hurts my heart because I'm like just to just to jump in there like that I really I was talking to Rob seriously about having separate beds or you know being able to sleep separately a couple of nights a week or something and yeah what was I giving up giving up our intimacy our connection our like oh I no please please Yeah. (laughs) yeah and that's the thing like it feels like you see a post about that sort of thing and then you read the comments below and it's all like yes oh my god this changed my life like yeah. sleeping in bed is like oh my energy is so, so clear now I'm like yeah. you're just fucking stretching out that's what you're, doing. <laughs> you're stretching out and you're having a good night's sleep like that's not your that's not your energy becoming crystallized and clear from not sleeping next to your partner. Like, yeah. I know it's a fine line because yeah. of course there are things that we can't see and cannot prove and do not know. And the yeah. way that our society and businesses and relationships have been built up until this point has problems because yeah. there's millions of them. Um, but this like just fully jumping over it's like that pendulum swing fully going Mm. over into this like wildly energetic um sort of believing all the advice that you read on Instagram and I say this being through it you know no with no judgment there's I fully believed all the advice that I read on on Instagram so it's but that it's not good either and so where And it is, I say this just because of what you were saying about friendships. There is a truth mm-hmm. in that we do find different interests from our friends that we had when we were younger. And it's true that we maybe divert on, on yeah. beliefs about different things and that maybe you and I, we have had a, a taste of, you know, energetics and kind of that sort of thing. So it does influence. I mean, I've always been a little bit, like contrary like I don't uh, and I think you you know we have that in common like you see something you kind of like "Eh, but is it like that really yeah there is a truth in that but to take to kind of follow that thread all through and 
in order to do so, in order to be successful and for it not to feel like you're isolating yourself, you have to then make your the group of women around you or the group of people around you um, all of the same mindset and all believing of the same thing and all going through the same thing. So you self-reinforce that idea. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it feels like shit. It just it, like it, unless you're lucky enough to be one of the people who um, makes those really strong bonds within an online community, lives closely to other people, like in a sort of LA type scenario where loads of people are doing the same sort of thing. Um, whether you have, if you have the money to travel to places like Burning Man or Joshua Tree or you know any of these places where you can form these yeah. bonds. Um, it's going to feel isolating and it's going to feel really uncomfortable. Um, yeah. And that's scary. It's scary. It worries me for people. Yeah. It worries me for us, for ourselves. Like, yeah. We've been there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so interesting, isn't it? And I, you know, I think, I, I think it is, yeah, as you said, it's natural it's natural for some you know changes to happen as you grow up and stuff but it's just the lens I was looking at it through that I can now see that the problem in like you know these people are probably not going to be people that I you know speak to every day or even every week you know we're not in each other's pockets but it had got to the point where I was like not going to go to their Hindus and that's that's rubbish I don't want that so it's yeah it's cool and female friendships are are complex but I think that if you can be if you can be really open and really honest in life then you can have great female friendships like and I think that there can be a lot of fear can't there like there can be a lot of fear but um I've made amazing friends through like coming into this world like to to you know, I met two people in my coaching course five years ago and like, I'm going to her wedding this weekend. Like, you know, it's just beautiful. And like we met through the industry. So, you know, it's so, it's so cool. And I don't want to like, we both know how important these things are, but it's like finding that balance. This, this whole call feels like it's about the topic of balance, really Mm. Um, balanced energy, balanced friendships, balanced masculine venomous yeah <laughs> yeah and and balance I think the word sort of has this um this idea that it's about equality that it's mm-hmm. like an equal amount of one and the other mm-hmm. and the more that I sort of navigate my relationship with it the more that I start to understand that it's not really 50 50 it's about movement between the two yeah um and sometimes that's going to look like 70 30 sometimes it's going to look like 50 50 and sometimes like you're going to get stuck like me in um in sloth (laughs) mode or you're going to swing completely one way um but yeah the balance comes in the middle part it's not in the the amount of each one but in the transition between the two yeah I love that movement that it makes so much sense right because you brought in the analogy of nature and and I use nature so much as a symbolic in my work and my conversations with people and um nature's never static right like even when it looks like it is even when the trees are like you know seemingly in hibernation mode in the winter then you know if you could peek under the ground or look inside them there's still so much happening to prepare for the next season so nature is never still ever like if it stopped imagine if the earth stopped spinning just for like half a second it would throw out like everything so um yeah so movement I think that's a beautiful way to think about it it's like am I static or am I moving and if you're moving you probably know that you're you know you're more in balance mm. yeah I think I just I think I saw this on like someone's random van travel YouTube video 
Um, And I can't even remember whose it was, so I can't tell you to go watch it. But it was just a comment they made as they were walking through a forest. They had this guide, I think it was Poland. There was a Polish guy taking them through a really old forest in Poland. And the guide told them that like something like, I'm going to mess up this statistic. (laughs) Take it like, take this number with a pinch of salt. But something like 70% of the wood in a forest is dead wood. And it has to be because that sustains the life of the forest. And I just found that like so fascinating. Like even after a tree falls and it is deteriorating, literally decaying and dying or is dead, um, that that wood is so crucial for the um for the forest for the sustaining of that forest for the insects for life in there it's i yeah it's incredible really yeah and isn't that cool it's like we can take these nature analogies so far and that's why i love them because you know if we think about us as an individual like you're not a single tree you're more like a forest yeah. You know, your body, your being is more like a, a whole forest than a tree. So, yeah, yeah, I just, I love that idea of this interconnected um, movement, life force expression. It's, it's just beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's maybe actually to kind of just follow that analogy down the road a little bit. Mm. Um, it's really making me think about how the the sloth years this sloth time has maybe actually just been a little bit of deadwood rejuvenating yeah. my system yeah. um and yeah you know it's kind of as you walk down through a forest you see all these trees that are falling wood on the ground you kind of think oh it's just you know messy like <laughs> <laughs> you know that tree's falling down how sad but the falling in itself is part of the process. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's such a good thing to, uh, such a good way to think about that rest time for you as being that that essential deadwood because what I'm seeing and how, it's, how it is for me and, and the people that I'm having these types of conversation with is like, we kind of have to do the, the feminine healing first, it seems. I, I don't know if that's the same for everyone, but a lot of the, people I'm talking to that seems to be the case that there has to be this resetting of the feminine and that does look like often lots of rest time lots of being like no more no more pushing through no more not honoring my cycles no more not honoring my softness or whatever it is so I think you know it's essential to get to that point and I'm not sure how great it would be to try and do the healing of the the toxic patriarchal unhealthy masculine without the grounding really of that that feminine to to come home to to like come back to when needed so uh, I think what I have to believe and what I do believe because of all the evidence I've seen is like the processes that are happening within us are happening perfect being in exactly the perfect order in exactly the perfect timing and we just can't always see that from our perspective yeah yeah and you know I think we can see that to zoom out in our societies um Mm -hmm. and this you know what we the work that we that feminism has already done Mm -hmm. in sort of creating more um equality um allowing the feminine to take up space allowing the um you know that to heal that side of things first if we get to the point where we have that um you know that healed feminine accessible grounded um healing compassionate nature only then can we do we get to heal the sort of toxic masculinity and the that feels like a really necessary and powerful space to do that from. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like a little macro micro 
thing that's happening there, isn't it? Like it's happening within each of us and then it's happening in the wider society and the world as a whole. Yeah. Um, yeah. in, in the wider society because it's happening on an individual basis. Yeah, yeah. And and here, here's how we create change, right? I think a lot of people feel um, kind of helpless of like there's so many problems in the world. And it was um, Jordan Peterson I heard say, stop worrying about the world until you've sorted yourself out like and he you know I actually love how um directly he speaks about things like this and I know he's the sort of a bit of a marmite love him or hate him character but I've never really listened I I've heard his name but no I've never really listened I mean he's a real departure from the sloth space (laughs) so it might it might be a good time (laughs) <laughs> to um go and check activating. i'm listening to a lot of stephen bartley at the moment diary of a ceo yeah 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 i'm not sure whether it's particularly healthy masculinity but it's definitely activating masculinity <laughs> <laughs> yeah but this is the thing isn't there aren't many examples there really aren't but you know i think trying to seek those out and find those examples is helpful it's at least being helpful for me and I think sacred healthy masculine is quite hard for us to recognize because there's not much of it and when we see men who are in that healthy expression we kind of like think of them as more feminine and that's a mistake like that's not what it is so yeah um but yeah um, I, I'd love I mean, to know what you think of Jordan Peterson if you go and watch him that would be interesting oh, conversation. yeah <laughs> I, I think I heard his name during the whole like COVID controversy era and I um I got way too attached to reading too many conspiracies so I just pretty yeah. much detoxed from anyone who was um who was raging too much about this but um but I, I'm intrigued actually, and I'm curious about, because I know the sort of masculine feminine conversation has its roots in sort of Eastern philosophy around yin, yin and yang. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, you know more about this than I do. Does yin and yang mean masculine and feminine or have we taken those philosophies and made them mean masculine and feminine? Well, I don't know if they were originally intended to represent those two things but the the words and the kind of essence that are associated with each match what we would associate with feminine and masculine right so yin is like slower softer yielding um represents like the dark so that would be the feminine um so I don't know if we've just like taken that symbol and made it masculine and feminine but it definitely holds the essence yeah because I'm just I'm just curious because like we said about the conversation being sort of like a little bit charged a little bit over overused Mm. I'm Mm. just I'm just curious what the what the essence of the conversation is like are is it distracting to be talking about masculine and feminine or is it useful like it's useful in a way to to zoom out and look at it from a society lens um it's it's interesting but what's the like yeah just I'm wondering whether those words are right for me or whether that's not that's not how I see it and I actually I haven't thought about this at all I think because the words are so used they're so um widely used um within you know the kind of online communities that we're part of masculine and feminine is just like it's such a commonly used expression um but yeah I don't know I don't know if that is how I how I resonate with that just yeah I think I think yeah people have got to find the language that's important like makes sense to them doesn't it I think for me it's helpful because it can encompass many things so you know if I was to go okay I'm going to talk about it in terms of like rest and productivity mm-hmm. it's like that's too reductive wow. because it needs for me at least it needs to be about 
more than that. When I flow into the feminine, I'm not just talking about rest. I'm talking about my connection with spirit. I'm talking about that flow of receiving inspiration. I'm talking about coming like deep within myself. And yeah, I, I don't have another word for that total experience mm. apart from feminine. Um, I mean, yin kind of could encompass it definitely, mm. but yeah, it's like a bigger, it's a bigger feeling for me. And maybe it's something that's beyond language, you know, maybe it's more about sensation and feeling and experience and uh, we just have to label it as something. <laughs> no, yeah, we, our brains, they need it. They need that language to put a stamp on what it is. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think like, like with this sort of, I think it does get mixed up for me in this sort of, this image, this image that I've been sold throughout my whole life, but definitely on the internet um, of what a woman should be and what a feminine, what feminine should be. Um, it definitely gets mixed up in that for me. And I'm like, oh, if I'm in my feminine, then that means that I have to like, be um like I mean it's the word just the word luscious is coming to mind yeah and I'm and I just get the image of like body oils and of like (laughs) all those kind of things I'm like yeah and that again that's reductive because it's not it's not just that and then, and I know we can sort of like teach or teach ourselves or learn from other people about widening that definition of femininity, mm-hmm. which is incredibly important. But um, yeah, I'm just, I'm reminded of Glennon Doyle's book, um, Untamed, mm-hmm. where she talks about, I can't remember if she's talking about sexuality in this part of the book or if she's talking about gender. But she says about how she uses the analogy. I think she's talking about a bowl of soup or something. I can't mm. remember. I can't remember exactly. But she's basically just like, we got it wrong in the first place. Like we thought, you know, that you had um, straight and gay. And then actually now we're learning that it's like this big soup of sexuality. And there's not really any it's not even really right to talk about it as it being like a spectrum or on a line because that's not the case it's just all one thing mm-hmm. and I think sometimes we can get so tied up in our definitions of things in our yeah. labeling of certain things that we're like we forget that it's all just a big soup yeah. and, and this feels like for the same for me that feminine carries such a connotation such an image that I'm like maybe I need to take that word off and that all might allow me to move into more of that transitory um balance space yeah yeah I think I you know I think it's so valuable to be able to have that movement that whatever you need to do in order to have that is is what you should do because it's the value you get from it is is so wide so great um and I think you know I've questioned I've questioned it myself a little bit of like because I find it cringe because it's overused (laughs) and I've had to come to a place of like this is what this is the language that the people I want to talk to about this Mm. are using at the moment like this is how it's understood in this community so I kind of had to find a way to get over my cringe to talk about it with that community and then you know for me internally it's it's a bit different I don't really I don't really use those words with myself necessarily as much as I would in like the public domain so I think there can be like two sides of that can't there how do we talk about it publicly versus how do we talk about it internally with ourselves um but yeah, it's it's so much bigger than a label, for sure. I feel that. Yeah, oh, yeah, I love that. Cool. 
<laughs> is there anything else coming up right now? Uh, I don't think so. Mm. I don't think so. I think that feels not from my side. How about you? Yeah, I think that feels complete. I think there's so many tangents we could like carry on talking for hours on, but for this call, I think we've come <laughs> to a natural stop. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, well, I will stop recording. Thank you so much, lovely.